0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, December 28, 2016. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page XXVI, the very first paragraph after the letter, beginning the physician who at our request, through two paragraphs ending, for which we cannot otherwise account. The first paragraph will be read for context only. Comments will be focused on the second paragraph read. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Jane F. Twelfth traditions. Lauren N. and readers of the text are Julia Terry H. The share ID number for yesterday, Tuesday, December twenty seventh, is nine three nine one. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, Big Book Study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Jane F. read
1: the 12 steps. Good morning, my name is Jane Est and I am a compulsive overeater, grateful to be a part of this group. Um, The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. Were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Jane F. I'll now ask Lauren N. to read our 12 traditions.
2: Thank you, everyone on the line. Uh, Lauren N. from New York. Uh, Twelve Traditions, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, the loving, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Lauren N. How our meeting works? To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are at page XXVI. The first paragraph beginning uh, right after the letter. And two paragraphs will be read. First one for context only. And I will now ask
3: Julie R. to begin reading. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Anita. Thank you. This is Julie R. recovered from California. The physician who at our request gave us this letter has been kind enough to enlarge upon his views in another statement, which follows. In this statement, he confirms that we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality, or were outright mental defectives. These things were true to some extent, in fact, to a considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out his physical factor is incomplete. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little, but as the ex-problem drinker, we can say that this explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Again, I'm Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. That paragraph says so much. You know, from my earliest times going on a diet, you know, before I entered junior high, um, all was well until it wasn't, and I took a bite of something, but I didn't understand why it always led me down the road of gaining the weight. So, of course, a new diet would come along and I would do it again, do it again, do it again. And I would always, not sometimes, I would always have the same result. It didn't matter if I was on a diet for two months, six months, two years, or even when I had been in OA and been abstinent with weighed and measured back-to-back two and a half years plus of abstinence, food was down neutral, but I had stopped living in 10, 11, and 12, I decided to eat a food that I hadn't had, and it was in a restaurant, and I binged and purged in that restaurant, and I had been in OA 25 years. So yes, this paragraph is so true. Um, I am not like other people. When my husband decides he wants to lose five pounds, because that's what he could lose, he just goes on and he eats healthy. And then when he does eat a piece of whatever, he doesn't even finish it. I have a mind that is different, that, you know, I hate to go the paragraph above, but the outright, outright mental defective, I do not think, act, or behave like a normal person, and I never will. And I have got hundreds of examples of every time that I tried to eat something, and it doesn't have to have, I'm not into the, you know, I don't eat sugar and flour, but I have several alcoholic foods that I don't eat. It could be something, you know, on a low scale for someone else. But when I ingest it, it catches me on fire and I'm gone. So today, I know exactly what my foods are and I, don't, and I don't eat them. I don't want them, which is the great thing, but I don't eat them because I am allergic to certain foods and I will always have that allergy. If you want to equate it to a bee sting or if somebody has, you know, like one of my sons is allergic to penicillin, he's always going to have a reaction well, I'm always going to have a reaction when I reach for one of my alcoholic foods. And when I finally got this, it was such a relief. And yeah, you know, I'm never, if God willing, I do my 10, 11, and 12, I'll never eat an alcoholic food again today if I do what I did yesterday and do it again today. But it's okay because there is so much to life. I am living my life to the fullest. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I mean being able to cook and bake and do all these things and not want anything and not wish I could have something. Because I know, you know, I'll think it was a joke with the family. They were eating something, and my son who's 19, and he works out all the time. He goes, you know, gosh, Mom, before when you weren't in O.A., if you would have had one of these, we wouldn't have had anything left on the table. And that's the truth. But today, I don't do that, and it's all because of living what the big book tells me to do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Julia. And
4: who else would like to share? Yes. This is the lucky Okay. I share. How are you? Melissa. Kim Beth, yes. Wait I, a minute. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Um, I know I heard a lot of people. <laughs> hmm. Let me just see. Let me just see. if I I have... Harlan, G and I have Bella G, and in between them there was a voice.
5: Tina Harlan. S.
0: Who was it? Was it Carol Amy S. G. Oh. Tina S. Wait, wait a minute. Which one was between Harlan and Bella? Amy Tina G. S. Oh, Tina was between. Okay, and then came Larry, and Melissa, <clears throat> and Vasa, Kim G, and Kim Kat- T, uh, K A. Who? Kathy K. Oh, Kath- <laughs> Kathy K. Okay, Kathy K. Thank you. K- Carolyn S H was in there somewhere. Yeah. I'm gonna gonna put you right here, Carolyn. Okay. All right. Let's just go with that many. Um, got a lot of good stuff and a lot of people to you know, give their experience. Harlan. <laughs> um, Thanks, Anita. <laughs> Now I can't read my own hand. Oh, Linda, Tina. Linda and Tina and Bella, Larry, Vasa, Kim G., Kathy K., and Carolyn S.H. And um, if I left anyone out, we'll have another go. So good morning, Harlan. You're up.
6: Good morning, Anita. Good morning, team Wednesday. Thank you very much for your service. Harlan G. in Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard?
0: Absolutely.
6: Excellent. Thank you. I have very, very vivid memories of being a child and coming home to my apartment in Chicago and crying because I was the fattest kid in the room and I was the fattest kid in the school. And I have very vivid memories of this being the most horrible thing, the horrible nightmare of my life was being fat like I was. And I looked at the world as a child and the world looked at me and the world looked at me and asked me, why are you eating so much? And I looked at the world and silently asked them without verbalizing it, why aren't you eating so much? What Lake Michigan amount of willpower were you issued that allows you to stop at three Oreo cookies and say, I'm done? What species of person says, ooh, it's too rich? What species of humanity says, ooh, who can eat so much food? I certainly wasn't of that species because there was something about me that I did not understand. And what it was about me that I did not understand is that my friends would fill up on food. As they ate more of it and they'd be done. In my body, the more I ate, the more I wanted, the more I wanted, the more I ate, the more I ate, the more I wanted, the more I wanted, the more I ate and it was just endless. There was no end in sight. Now I happen to be allergic to cantaloupe and pineapple and honeydew melon and when I eat those things, They produce canker sores on my tongue that are very painful, so I don't eat those things. And I do not attend pineapple and cantaloupe and honeydew melon anonymous. However, I am allergic to pizza, and I'm allergic to Oreo cookies. And when I came into OA... In 1979, people would say to me, don't eat those things. You're allergic. And I'd say, you're crazy. I don't break out in a rash. I don't get itchy, watery eyes when I eat Oreo cookies. As a matter of fact, when I eat Oreo cookies, I feel fantastic. And they'd say, don't eat them. You're allergic. And it bothered me because they didn't have an adequate explanation of this word allergy. So I went to a source of information that has never failed me. Some of you that are my age may remember this source of information. It's called a dictionary. Some of you may remember them. And I looked up this word allergy, and what it said was it had different definitions for allergy, but one of them fit me like a glove. It said an adverse abnormal reaction to a food, beverage, or substance. Adverse means it's harmful. Abnormal means most people don't react to Oreo cookies the way I do. Most people, when they eat Oreo cookies, they get all they want after two or three. But in my body, it sets up an actual physical craving for more of the same. And then it goes on to say in this paragraph, so getting back to the allergy for just one second, if my reaction is adverse, harmful, abnormal, I'm in the minority, then this word allergy fits me exactly. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Why in the world, when I burned myself, would I not pour gasoline on the burn and light it to see if it would make me feel better? I didn't do that. But why in the world, after crying, crying because I was so fat, why would I seek solace in eating yet more food, and that is insanity, but that physical reaction to the food is my allergy. Thank God for Dr. Silkworth, because if it wasn't for Dr. Silkworth, I probably would have either been dead or would have killed myself decades ago, and this explanation sets me free, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan. Tina
7: S., you're up. Thanks, it Anita, Tina's compulsive eater, anorexic in uh, Florida. Oh, some great chairs, thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the doctor's theory and the doctor is Dr. Silkworth. And,
8: you know, one of the things
7: that really interested me when I came here was this allergy thing, the uh, abnormal reaction to uh, foods, beverages, and substances. And, you know, because for the longest time, I did not want to believe this. I thought this was just... Um, the easy way out, saying I have an allergy. And, you know, so for many, many years, I tried to, on my own, figure this thing out. And uh, and I didn't get anywhere, let me just tell you. Got nowhere. Got me back here in, in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, but I like what it talks about, the ex-problem drinker. says that it makes good sense, and it does for me, because finally I said, okay, if for nothing else, let me just believe that it explains things for which, we cannot otherwise explain. Thank you. you know, if I don't have an explanation, at least this does. And so for a long time, I just, that was my idea of the allergy. I can't explain it, so let's just believe it. But today, you know, I, you know, once I put the food down and I started working the steps and I had a transformation, then I came to realize and was able to look and see that once I put certain substances in my body, there was the allergy. There was the abnormal reaction, and I loved what was shared. You know, I couldn't understand why people said that is just too rich. Today, when people say that is too rich, even though I don't eat the stuff, I go, how could it be? What's too rich? There is no too rich for me. There is no too sweet for me. There is no too much for me. So, um, you know, the good news is, and it was just shared. Once I don't put this stuff in my body, I don't have those abnormal reactions. I don't eat everything in sight, so other people can enjoy. You know, I eat what's on my food plan. And I enjoyed people today, and and what a difference! What a difference! And and I love that. It, you know, this explanation just makes good sense for me because otherwise, you know, I can't explain it. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much, Tina S. And Bella G. Followed by Larry. Good morning, Bella.
4: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G. And I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Anita, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We can say that his explanation makes makes good sense. Yes, definitely for me, too. You know, before the program, I didn't have this piece of information, and I lived with anger, with guilt, with shame, because I did believe that I am not like everybody else, and I don't have the willpower, and I really don't want to lose weight. And I didn't understand why my life was always with jealousy, with anger, with fear, with, you know, unsatisfaction. And, you know, I didn't accept myself, and I didn't accept others. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now that I am in the program and I got this information, that yes, I have an allergy to some foods, And yes, it's not, I don't have to live with guilt and shame. This is the way that I was created. And it's the same thing that a person could have allergy to dust, to peanuts, to fish, and they don't have guilty, and people understand them, and people don't blame them. The same thing, me. And yes, it makes good sense for me, because I know it's, it's not my 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 problem that I have a, an allergy to some foods, and as soon as I put them into my body, my mind gets you know also because because of my allergy and thank you god thank you god now i have this piece of information that helps me not to live with fear and guilt now my life is peaceful thank you for letting me share and i pass
0: thanks so much bella g good morning larry k you're next
8: good morning anita Larry Kay, uh recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, this this it's imperative for me to understand that it's uh that it's simply my body that reacts to this, you know, otherwise normal substance in an abnormal way. So the phenomenon of craving is 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 not triggered in the normal eater when she consumes these substances. But with me, you know, I pick up a, a cupcake and and I don't become satiated. In other words, I, I don't become satisfied or full after consuming it. Um, the normal person, they eventually become disinterested in the food, not me. So for me, no amount of guilt or shame could ultimately dissuade me from eventually picking up more of my substance. You know, I could guilt myself into an occasional diet. I did that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. Perhaps you did as well. But this double whammy, this allergy of the body and the mental twist, this obsession compelled me to do that which I didn't want to do. Now, I'll add something about my affliction. You know, I'm a big fan of therapy. Big fan. You know, uh, therapy um there's many specialty areas uh, you can go for marriage and family therapy and you can go for addiction counseling and all that stuff thing is it you know this and it's very effective therapy is very effective treatment for a normal person but if you have if you're an addict of my variety and you have an alcoholic mind where you're compelled to do it it's not it's going to be utterly ineffective for a person like me you know, only a spiritual awakening, that's the irony of it, was, um, would work for me. So, you know, uncovering the reasons why I binge eat, ineffective for me. Trying to implement strategies for coping to uh, emotional distress, very interesting, but, but ineffective for, for a guy like me. I'm exploring ways to manage my emotions better, helpful, no doubt. But ineffective, I'd always go back to the food because of this double whammy, you could even try to boost my ability to tolerate um, distress, you know, and choose healthy coping mechanisms. And, and that's, an, you know, an exercise in futility for a guy like me with this spiritual malady that drives me back to the food again and again. You could even find some medications to help me make better choices to kind of quiet my obsessive mind. I tried that. Um, it was okay. Didn't work. Didn't work for a guy like me. So how interesting it was that God, this God idea, this God thing, this this higher power thing was the only remedy that would solve my problem. I find, I that, find that fascinating, fascinating. For particularly someone in my field. So it informs everything that I do today with an addict of my variety. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much, Larry Kay. And please, everybody, make sure you're muted. I'm hearing a little echo back there in the hinterlands. Okay, now
9: it will be Vasa and then Melissa C. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everyone. And I am a Grateful recovered, Compulsive Ovita calling from Foxboro. Oh, no, we are in Florida now. Florida. But, anyways, uh, wow, well, my addiction didn't kick in until I was like around 15 years old, coming to this country and being exposed to the sugars and all kinds of different kinds of foods. I believe I had the allergy, you know, I was born with it. And I also went back when I was born in the old country. I remember when I was like maybe 8 or 9 years old, stealing some money from my father's um, piggy bank And going to the candy store, and I remember buying candy, and it made me so sick. It was like pure candy. It was not mixed up with, you know, nothing. It was just pure. It made me so, so sick to my stomach. And I went back, and I took more money, and I bought some more. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't understand what the allergy uh, of my body so i had no understanding and then i mean it could have i you know if i kept on going and stealing money and whatever going to the cancer i you know i would have been very very sick but i would have never known anything about the allergy so coming and reading this here dr silkwood's letter you know it was just amazing what i heard so i struggled with a foot addiction from from 15 years old till i was 41 years old till i came to this to it is Anonymous, and I was given and, you know, read the doctor's opinion. I was just so shocked, but I also was so relieved to know at least what was wrong with me. And, you know, I didn't need anybody to diagnose me. You know, I diagnosed myself. You know, I could not put those things down. You know, if I had one or two, and I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I was not going from grocery store or from fast food stores, going you no, buying food, I would go to the grocery store and I'd buy, twenty. I'd buy, you know, sugar and I'd make the stuff at home because it was cheaper for me. So I am just so grateful that I have learned what the allergy is and I and to and the solution. I know my sponsor. said, you need to find a power greater than yourself, Vasa, to help me to help you with this addiction and follow the directions the way it's laid out in the big book, the way it's laid out. I said, oh, my God, how am going to do this? You know, I'm going to die without this stuff, you know. And, again, it was only one day at a time, one meal at a time. And going through the withdrawals was a torture. I was feeling the crawlies, but the alcoholics feel like they're going to crawl out of their bodies, you know. And I never mm-hmm. understood, I'll wrap it up, I never understood the disease. I never understood the allergy, the obsession. I had no clue. So I'm so grateful that I was led into, the, into Overeaters Anonymous, and the book was given to me of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thanks so much, Fasa Oh, Melissa C., you're up next. Good morning. Hi, good morning.
10: It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, you know this theory that we have an allergy is interesting. You know it says here it interests us as laymen. You know meaning that I'm not necessarily qualified medically. Um, my opinion as to its soundness, whether it's true or not. You know if I'm not a medical professional, my opinion kind of doesn't mean a lot. But as um, an ex compulsive overeater you know as an ex problem drinker um, we can say this explanation makes good sense you know for me it's the only thing that makes sense Um, it explains what otherwise could not be explained Um, you know so I may not have the medical qualification but my experience is all the qualification I need Um, this explanation is the only thing that can um, can explain why um, moderation doesn't work for me. You know, th- that message that I heard all my life, have a little, have some just on the weekends, um, doesn't work for someone like me. You know, what a relief to know, you know, um, it wasn't that I was just weak, it's that I suffered from an allergy. Of course I couldn't do what the rest of the world was doing. Um, I couldn't have the birthday cake and then get right back on track the next morning. You know, it explains why I can't eat just one or two cookies. You know, I ingest one and something inside me completely takes over so that I have to eat them until that whole sleeve is gone. And then the box is gone and then anything else in the house that's sweet, you know, um, how else can I explain why I was unable to stop eating certain foods no matter how sick I felt, you know, how full it made me feel, how nauseous I would be. And yet I would continue on, you know, knowing um, that I was stealing my siblings' candy, you know, as a child, my students' candy or my children's candy um, piece after piece, um, And that there would be an embarrassment and humiliation to face when I was found out because at some point it becomes clear that it's all gone. That fear of being found out was no match for the need. You know, this allergy, the need, so much greater than the humiliation. Um, The only way I could explain how I would start out with all the intention of um, eating one Weight Watchers dessert, you know, back in the Weight Watchers days, I would not be able to abide by this intention. You know, once I had one, it was certain I would keep going until it was all gone. The idea of an allergy um, is the only explanation that makes sense. You know, an allergy, like it was defined as having an extreme reaction. And clearly, this thing that happens to me is extreme. You know, and thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks so much, Melissa C. Uh, Kim G, followed by Kathy K. Good morning, Kim. You there, Kim?
6: Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I thought you
11: forgot about me. Let me shut my. Door. Oh no, no, you're there. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In the I was. I was, no, I was putting my coat on, but I was. I thought I was after Vasa, so I figured I just wasn't going to share. Um, Okay, let me get back into my mood. Okay, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Um, But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things which we cannot otherwise account. And, uh, you know, I love the shares today because I thought these thoughts were only in my own head. You know, I thought I was the only one as a child at a birthday party, would have my piece of cake and watch my friend with half a piece of cake and wonder how she stopped, and I couldn't. Mm. You know, I remember, you know, dieting down to a certain size for a wedding and feeling great and making that exception at the rehearsal dinner and then spending the entire wedding in the bathroom binging on all the food that I, that I had deprived myself of to fit in that dress. You know, it made sense to me when I broke up with a guy why I would want to eat, but why wasn't the relationship was going well? Why did I still want to eat? Why was it that I would binge all night saying never, ever, ever, ever again and wake up in the morning and be rummaging through the wrappers thinking maybe I missed one, maybe I missed one, maybe I can have another one? Why was it in college when we had fast food row and I would say, I'm going to this, this fast food place ordering for me and my imaginary boyfriend and saying this is the only one I'm going to do and then four, five fast foods fast food um, places down, I'm still ordering for that imaginary boyfriend. You know, hearing people say, Kim, if you really wanted to stop, you could, and wanting to scream, you don't understand, I want to stop, and I'm not lying to you, I swear to God, it's going to be different tomorrow. I swear to God, 2017 is the year that I am going to change. And even coming into Overeaters Anonymous, being told that three phone calls a day and three meetings a week was the formula and at certain times it would work, and at certain times it wouldn't, and I'd be embarrassed to go back to a meeting to say I relapsed again. Being told a solution was hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and thinking that makes sense, except for the fact I eat when I'm not hungry, I eat when I'm happy, I eat in social situations, and I eat after a good night's rest. Being told to avoid my triggers and not understanding the fact, the only trigger I really have is being awake. If I'm awake, there's a damn good chance I'm going to binge. You know, I remember in my mid-20s saying I cannot diet anymore because every time I dieted, I would gain weight because I, by abstaining from these foods and losing the 20 pounds and saying now I can reward myself, I would gain back 30. I didn't understand that thinking until someone explained to me that my relationship with food because of the allergy of the body and the mental obsession is different than the normal eater. And I am so grateful. I'm just going to finish with this because something Harlan said really hit me. The, the fruits that he doesn't eat because he gets a reaction. I abstain from certain things. I abstain from caffeine because I get headaches. It's not a part of my abstinence though, because the caffeine does not create a phenomenon of craving and I do not have a mental obsession. We have to get clear that our abstinence are abstaining from those things, that I have an allergy to the body and the mental obsessions. If we have allergies to other foods and abstain from them, that has nothing to do with our abstinence, according to the doctor's opinion. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks so much, Kim G. Kathy K. followed by Carolyn S.H.
2: Thank and you, I'm Anita. Sure. This is Kathy Kaye, recovered from Boston. And I've really appreciated all the shares this morning. I think... Um, it's clear that this allergy, this abnormal reaction to certain foods is a key to our disease and therefore a key to our solution. Um, When I first got into OA, uh, the, the allergy word was not used, but I was told to stay away from sugar and flour. And I thought it was just about eating so that I could lose weight. Um, And I could do it for a while, um, but again, at some point something would happen and I would pick it up again and be off and running. So this paragraph, as important as it is, doesn't yet include, which is coming up on the next page, um, the spiritual malady, which makes it very, very difficult to stay away from our allergic foods. Um, when we have twisted thinking, which is the other important part of our disease, uh, even though we may know up and down that the, the foods that we're allergic to, I found in my experience that until I had a higher power who I could turn to uh, in those very vulnerable moments, um, I could not stay away from my allergic foods for a length of time. Uh, it just was not possible. So um, I just wanted to to finish that part of the story, and we will be reading about it coming up. But so important to understand the allergy and to figure out what our what our trigger foods are. And then to partner with a higher power to give us the power and the willingness not to pick them up again. And with that, I
12: pass.
0: Thanks so much, Thank Kathy you so much K. K. Uh, Carolyn S. H. Yeah. Good morning, somebody...
12: Anita. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Go
13: yeah. Uh, this is Carolyn S. H from Massachusetts. I'm setting my timer. Uh, Grateful, recovery compulsive eater. And uh, let's see, the doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. And then the last line, it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Um, In looking at these four sentences, he goes from um, pointing out that this is a theory of the doctor's, and then saying that um, he's accepting the theory because it explains observations and experience in real life. And I'm just struck by this. I love this meeting for many reasons, and one of the reasons is just how closely and slowly we read this book, and it allows me to see things that I never would see before. And what I'm seeing this morning is it's all this whole idea of the entire – program of action here is is based on experience and results and practical application um, that this isn't a book about theory this is a book about um, what do we observe we observe uh, that we can't stop ingesting our alcoholic foods um, so from that observation it um, uh, and, and so forth, um, created a theory, and that theory, when applied, um, it, it completely works. Um, and uh, I know I'm skipping a little bit, but um, uh, there's so many places in the book where um, uh, this whole idea of practical application, like um, in Step 12, it starts with a uh, practical experience, shows, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in... Um, We agnostics, um, the the whole treatment and explanation about electricity and the prosaic steel girder, um, just being pointed out that from observation, we can draw conclusions and then from those conclusions, we can um, uh, commit to a program of action that works. And that this whole uh, program is about results and observing result, observing the problem and then observing results. And I, I hope that makes sense. I feel like it was a big aha for me this morning. But um, with that, I pass.
0: Thanks so much, Carolyn SH. We have time for four or five more. Who would like to share? Nessa
13: R. Nessa. Monica Daniel K. O. Leah
14: M. Hey, Leah
0: Lea. Lea. Wait a minute, Bye. wait a minute. Bye. Monica. Melissa R. ma uh, Monica T. No, Nessa R. Nessa R. Terry H. Nessa R. R. Wait a minute. Monica T. Everyone's so happy today. Leah M. And I know I heard
11: Gladys, but there was somebody before Gladys. One more. Who was it? Danielle O. Okay,
0: Danielle. Oh. All right, let's let's go with these. And hopefully we'll get you all in. All right, Nessa. Good morning.
5: Thank you. Good morning. This is Nessa R Recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I also want to talk about the allergy of the body because I um I misunderstood it for such a long time. You know, I used to think that I was allergic because when I ate certain foods, I would break out in fat. But the fact of the matter is that most people um, would, would find um, cheesecake and potato chips and that kind of stuff fattening. So that couldn't have been it. And then I finally understood um, what the allergy was, and it's that there's certain... Um, actions and reactions that happen in me in a different sequence and a different magnitude than in other people, and that's what makes it abnormal. You know, like I, I have a son who loves ice cream, and he eats it almost every day. And he he'll decide, you know, oh, I want a, I want some ice cream, and he'll have a craving. You know, he'll he'll pour himself a bowl and a big bowl because he's a teenager, and he'll eat it. And he'll be satisfied, and that's it, the end of it. But with me, it's different. You know, I may not even be thinking about ice cream, but I would see a meeting, and the, the tub is out on the counter, so I'll have a little bite. And then um, my craving starts. And then I will eat the whole entire tub because I cannot stop. So there's a difference, a difference in, in sequence there. See, with my son, it's craving, eating, satisfaction finished but with me it's different it's eating craving no satisfaction and no ending and that is what is abnormal you know for my son it starts with a craving and it ends with me it starts with a bite and it never ever ends the craving happens after I put the food in my mouth and I'm never satisfied just like he is and there's no end until I finish the whole thing. And that's what is abnormal. And that's what is adverse. And it took me so long to understand this. Uh, and it was only through the aid of a sponsor. That took me through the uh, the doctor's opinion and explained to me, um, you know, the well-known stages of a spree, which is what we're going to read in the, uh, in the ensuing pages. And then it became crystal clear. And I saw working in my own home here, you know, just comparing my behavior to that of my sons. And then it was like, wow, that's the aha moment. That is why I cannot eat ice cream and he can. That is why I cannot eat all these things that I cannot eat. Because it awakens that phenomenon of craving that it makes it impossible for me to stop. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much,
5: Nessa.
15: Uh,
0: Monica, followed by Leah. Good morning, Monica T.
15: Good morning. This is Mon. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T., recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to. Alcohol interests us. And as we've, you know, many people have been saying, this allergy, and I love that definition too. I have an abnormal reaction to my alcoholic foods. These are only certain foods. That I have this physical reaction to, and that Dr. Silkworth here is talking about this physical aspect, or he's bringing out this physical aspect of our disease that I have an abnormal reaction to certain foods. And I've had to, um, you know, determine what I'm allergic to, you know, and we all have things we agree on, and we all have things that are individual to us. But if I put that food in my mouth, I have an abnormal reaction. And like's been said, for me, I want more. And the more I have, the more I want. It sets off a craving, and and there's no end to it, you know, until either I'm physically full and and sick, or I've run out of food, and then I want more, you know, that more, more, more. So an abnormal reaction to alcohol. Now, I don't have an abnormal reaction to broccoli or an abnormal reaction to Brussels sprouts. I just don't, you know. I've never had to continue on or go to the store in the middle of the night to get broccoli or Brussels sprouts. But I do have certain foods that I do have this allergy, this abnormal reaction to. And if you ingest it, if I ingest it, it sets off the allergy. But if I don't put it in my body, I don't have the physical craving for more going on. Of course, now we're going to learn more that then my little brain is going to tell me for some reason or other that, you know, something's going to make me feel better. Anyway, thank you, God. And thank you, Dr. Silkworth. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks so much, Monica. Good morning. Thanks so
14: much for your service, Anita. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. You know, it really interests me. (laughs) Um, You know, Dr. William Silkworth, of course, in his work with alcoholics, many alcoholics, I think over 50,000 alcoholics, he found that when the alcoholic took even a little bit of alcohol into his system, the switch went on inside his body, and the alcoholic wanted to do only one thing, And that was to drink more alcohol. And, of course, he would continue to drink and drink and drink and drink until he got drunk. There was no choice but to continue to drink. And when I
4: reviewed
14: my eating history, which goes back a long way, I actually started binging when I was three and four years of age, which I can recall very clearly, I could identify certain substances that had that same exact effect on me. It wasn't just a taste sensation. When I ate certain foods, my body was triggered, and I would eat more and more and more and more of that food. It was like taking a match and throwing it into a bucket of gasoline. Whoosh! I would stop feeling or, and thinking. I just got anesthetized, and I was basically drunk with food. You know, And it was through this doctor's opinion that I learned that certain foods had that physical effect on me it's a drug effect i have this problem and you know all i can describe is like i am biologically mandated my very cells demand to be satisfied beyond my ability to control it
8: and it is a
14: personal you know permanent disability for me now you know no one goes into an AA meeting thinking that he or she is going to continue drinking while working the steps. You stop drinking. We have to stop our craving, and the only way to stop the craving is to stop eating the foods that cause the craving. So that meant identifying and abstaining from my individual binge foods and abstaining from my individual binge ingredients and of course it also meant abstaining from my individual binge eating behaviors that was an absolute necessity for me because this is a permanent disability now the steps order are going to are gonna attend and did attend my greater aspect of my disease So that today, even though I have this permanent disability of being allergic to certain food substances, I can accept that truth about my disability because I've been restored to sanity as a result of these 12 steps. Still have that permanent disability. I'm wired that way and I will always be wired that way. But today I can accept and see the truth about myself because I've been restored to sanity as a result of these steps thanks
0: thanks so much um i know there are a lot more people i'm so sorry but i think we have time for one more gladys please you're
6: up is there gladys Hello.
12: <coughs> sorry uh um, my name is gladys L. Composable compostable with um I just wanted to share a little bit of my experience with this because I I truly think that if this book uh, wasn't written really for alcoholics, I probably wouldn't even get it with a concern of my uh, compulsive eating Um, because I've been around OA for so long and had a lot of the literature and I understand it to a certain degree. But because of my experience with alcohol, I'm starting to get it because I started, like, drinking really, really early, and I knew that, you know, and I would drink the hard stuff, and I would just be so drunk and knocked out. And I kind of figured out early that th- this don't work for me. So I started adding, like, ice cream and, <laughs> to my alcohol, and I started, you know, I would prefer to drinks like peppermint snap, cream de cocoa, you know, pina colada, because the, I guess there was a, the alcohol content was less, but then recently, about nine years ago, you know, I went into a program and I ceased alcohol altogether, and it it was really easy for me to do. I basically got sober in two days, you know, and um, but with the food, you know, it's so kind powerful and baffling. It's like even still today, you know, being in uh coming in OA and the Vision for You and going over my uh red light foods, you know, I was able to put them down, but I'm discovering now that it's other foods that I have this allergy to. And and it's like I was studying eating it over and over seeing seeing that it was creating a craving but it just was something like in my mind that wouldn't, you know, I didn't want to let it go. So it's definitely a different what the doctor talked about. Is like being of uh, like just a, a normal, just a regular eater, maybe having a problem with food or alcohol, but being that other chronic type. You know, it, it, it's it's a lot deeper than uh, than just simply I like to eat or, you know, like I like to eat a lot. You know, it's a physical allergy of the body, and it it, it can be very tricky. So thank you for, uh, for accepting that fact. You know, it's like once I accept that, okay, this yeah. food I'm allergic to, I got to put it down, you know. And it's, there's no trick to it, really. All right, thank you for letting me share.
0: Thanks so much, Gladys, Seth. And I'm sorry about uh, the rest of you, Uh, But we have that second hour, which is an excellent second hour, folks. So I'd like now to end this meeting with um, Terry H. reading um, the vision for you on page 164.
11: Thanks, Anita. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.